Let's go to the Lord again in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, once again we thank You for Your Word. We thank You that You have not left us in the dark. We thank You that You have not given us cunningly devised fables, but we have the truth as has been given to us by Thy divine inspiration. Help us to understand it, believe it, and live it to Your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, Amen. We uh, have been looking kindly at the introduction of the book of 1 John. And in this, we have been uh, looking at the author, who we believe is the Apostle John, who was the writer of the Gospel of John. And this morning, we looked a little bit, uh, kindly, the overall disposition of John and somewhat of his lineage of his parents, his brother, his cousins, and so on. Now we want to, this won't be take too much longer, but we want to look at his uh, place of residency. It was a town on the Sea of Galilee, and as you know, the Sea of Galilee is also called uh, uh, the Sea of Chinnereth or the Lake of Genesareth. And this is the Old Testament times of map. I, I've got another one there of New Testament, but I didn't turn it over. That'll give you an idea of the Sea of Galilee. And uh, very likely he lived where Peter and Andrew did in the uh, city of Capernaum. Capernaum was up here on the north end of the Sea of Galilee. Uh, let's look at uh, Mark. Chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. Since he was in partnership, James and John, or John and James were in partnership with uh, Peter and Andrew. Very likely they lived in the same place. Mark chapter 1, verse 21. First of all, well, let's go back to uh, verse 19. And when he had gone a little further thence, he saw James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, who also were in the ship mending their nets, and straightway he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the ship with the hired servants, and went after him, and they went into Capernaum. And straightway on the Sabbath day 
he entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. And there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. Well, we'll, we don't need that verse. 22 is all we needed there. And uh, look at verse 29. Same chapter. And forthwith were they come out of the synagogue and entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and anon they tell him of her. And so, but anyway, you can see, uh, and he came and took her up by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and so on. But you can see that uh, evidently they live there in the same city of Capernaum with uh, Peter and Andrew. So that's where they live. As we already have seen, though we will notice this again, their occupation were fishermen. They were with their father uh, as in the fisherman business. We saw that this morning in Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 22. And then we also saw from Luke uh, chapter 5 that they were partners with Andrew and Peter. In fact, I think uh, there's some more verses I want to read there, so I'll go to Luke chapter 5 and read the first 11 verses. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesareth and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. Of course, one of the ships very likely was Peter and Andrew and the other was James and John. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your net for a draught. And Simon answering, said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night, and have taken nothing, nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had uh, when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. Then Simon Peter saw. Excuse me. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. 
for he was astonished in all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the son of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. So you can see that uh, they were their father and they were also partners with Peter and Andrew. Now we want to look at their calling. I don't know whether you remember or not. I think we have uh, kindly looked at this more than once. But when God called Peter, Peter was called on three separate occasions. One time is when Andrew brought Peter to Christ. The other time is when Jesus, which we read here, where Jesus walked by and they were mending their nets on the shore. And another time was when they were in the ship. And it's very likely that John was called more than one time. If John is the person that was spoken of in John chapter 1, which we looked at this morning as that possibly the other disciple. If John were that, then he might have been called at the same time. Remember, we'll read this again in John chapter 1. We said this is a possibility. Verse 35, John 1, 35. Reading down through verse 40. Again, the next day after John stood and two of his disciples... Of course, that's John the Baptist. And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? He said unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And if you remember, we said this morning, the other disciple very likely could have been John, since John always referred to himself 
in the third person. So if so, then this would be one calling. But then in back in Matthew chapter 4, we want to point out Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 22. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net in the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going... uh, From thence he saw two other brethren, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in a ship with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them, and they immediately left the, the ship and their father and followed him. So you can see here that they were in their net, in the ship, mending their nets. But if we go back to Luke chapter 5 that we just read, notice the difference there. In Luke chapter 5, I will not begin at verse 1, but you know they launched, there were two ships, they were in the lake, and Uh, Well, I will read this too, part of it. Look at verse 2. And saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their net. They weren't mending, they were washing. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon, and prayed that he would launch out a little from the land. And we know that they let their net down. There was a great uh, drought of fishes that were taken. And then in verse 10, And so was also James and John, the son of Zebedee, which were partners. And Jesus said unto them, Unto Simon, fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought the ships, plural, to land, they forsook all and followed him. So, one place they were mending, uh, washing their nets, Here they were actually fishing. And in another place, they could have been mending their nets. But but my point is this, that, you know, we we immediately think that from, and it, it appears that from one of the readings, it says they immediately left their ship and followed him. All right, which one was first? In other words, 
like it was with Peter, and we won't take the time to look at all of those verses again, but you notice that oftentimes when God calls us to something, it takes us a little bit of time to get acclimated to do it. If you read one of the passages, you would think that Peter and them, as soon as the Lord called them, they immediately left everything. But it wasn't like that. They were called more than once. You know, we studied the threes of Peter. Peter was called three times. Uh, Peter denied the Lord three times. The Lord told him he would deny him three times. The Lord asked Peter, "What would you have?" Uh, the Lord asked Peter, "Do you love me three times?" The Lord told Peter, uh, "Feed my sheep or feed my lambs three times." You remember the sheep was let down to Peter three times. The Lord told him to uh, to slay and eat, and there were three men that came from. Cornelius to Peter's house, and and so on and so forth. You say, well, what's the significance of that? I don't know. You know, we have a lot of things that are significant in our life that we can't explain. For example, when I was uh, around the seventh grade, I fell down on uh, the Friday the 13th and stuck a nail in my knee. And... uh, The doctor said if I hadn't gotten to the hospital when I did, that I would have probably lost the leg out of gangrene because I didn't go immediately. They thought it'd be stiff, uh, but uh, anyway, but it wasn't. I wound up taking four shots of penicillin every day to get that out. Later on, on Friday the 13th, I found four four-leaf clovers and got hit in the mouth with a baseball bat. And then later on, on Monday the 13th, uh, I fell down. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, uh, when I was about 16, I broke my neck. And so you can see that there's uh, somewhat of a uh, coincident of and I'm on the 13th. There's a coincidence of 13th in my life. And I'm not superstitious either. <laughs> so, but anyway, we have things like that in our lives. And uh, these are just kindly unique. But anyway, I bring, bring all of this out to show that John made, the Lord may have had to call him more than once for him to fully get everything like it needed to be to follow the Lord. And we know that John was one of the apostles. In Mark chapter 3, beginning at verse 14, And he, that is Jesus, ordained twelve, that they should be with him, and that he might send them forth to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses, and to cast out devils. And Simon, he surnamed Peter, and James the son of Zebedee, and John the brother of James. And he 
surnamed them Boangrenes, which is the sons of thunder. And Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas and James the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus and Simon the Canaanite and Judas Iscariot, which also betrayed him, and they went into an house. So you see that John was one of the twelve, and he and James were also called sons of thunder, which brings us to the disposition of John. He was called a son of thunder. Look in Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. When we see John in the book of First John, and in the book of Revelation, he is a man that has been quite mellowed. But earlier in his life, he was a son of thunder. In Luke chapter 9, in take, taken up in verse 51, And it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go uh, to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face and they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when the disciples, James and John, Boangrenes, sons of thunder, saw this, they said, Lord, will thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them as Elias did? You remember the situation with Elias? Look at Second Kings chapter 1. We'll take up in verse, well, in order to make sure, well, verse 9. I'll just break into the context here. Then the king sent unto him a captain of fifty with his fifty. And he went up to him, and behold, he sat on the top of an hill. And he spake unto him, Thou man of God, the king hath said, Come down, 
And Elijah answered and said to the captain of fifty, If I be a man of God, then let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and thy fifty. And there came down fire from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. Again, also, he sent unto him another captain of fifty with his fifty, and he answered and said unto him, O man of God, thus hath the king said, Come down quickly. And Elijah answered and said unto them, If I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and thy fifty. And fire and the fire of God came down from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. And then you know the second fifty second foot the third man went and Elijah went with him. Now James and John knew their Bible. They knew this incident. And when Jesus was going through Samaria and they wouldn't receive Him, James and John said, Lord, let us command fire to come down and burn them up just like Elijah did. See, they they were quick to uh, fly off the handle as it were. This is back in Luke uh, chapter 9. Verse 54. And when His disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, will Thou that we commend fire to come down from heaven and to consume them even as Elias or as Elijah did? But He turned and rebuked them and said, You know not what manner of spirit ye are of. For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went into another village. This sons of thunder, Boangrenes. The word Boangrenes is of a Chaldee origin, and Boangrenes means sons of commotion. And this Boangrenes is what was given to James and John. In other words, this uh, is made up of two words. One of the Hebrew word, Ben, for son, and then Regaz, meaning violent anger. So James and John, they were ready to let people have it. This is the kind of man that the Lord called to be an apostle. But he was exclusive in his preaching. In verse 49 of the same chapter, back up Luke 9, 49. Notice, And John answered and said, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and we forbade him because he followeth not us, or followeth not with us. Verse 50. 
Jesus said unto him, Forbid him not, for he that is not against us is for us. But what do we see here? John was of such a disposition, he said, Master, we saw somebody preaching, and he, he didn't preach like we did. Uh, so, uh, should we stop him? In other words, John was exclusive. He wanted everybody to preach just like he did. And say just like he did. The Lord said, no, you got the wrong kind of spirit. you got the wrong kind of spirit. This is the kind of man that God called to be an apostle. He had some rough edges that he needed to knock off of the diamond before it was polished. Just like we are when we're first called. We have a lot of rough edges on us that God has to knock off from time to time. But he also was one that desired to have the preeminence. He not only was a son of thunder, he not only wanted to be exclusive in his preaching, but he also wanted to have the preeminence. Look at Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Now this is almost this is almost the very night our Lord was taken. John ten thirty five and James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came unto him, saying, Master, we would that thou shouldest do for us what we desire. In other words, Master, we want you to do something for us. And he said unto them, What would ye that I should do for, for you? They said unto him, Grant unto us that we may sit, one on thy right hand and the other on thy left hand, in thy glory. Well, let's read on. But Jesus said unto them, Ye know not what ye ask. Can ye drink of the cup that I drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said unto him, We can. Jesus said unto them, Ye shall indeed drink of the cup that I drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. Uh, I am baptized with all, shall you be baptized? You ever remember that? Who was the first martyr of the Christian? James. No, Stephen was, and then James. Who was the last one to be persecuted for the cause of Christ? John in the book of Revelation. They did suffer persecution. They were baptized with the baptism. Verse 40, But to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, 
but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared. Now notice this. And when the ten heard it, they began to be much displeased with James and John. Don't you know that caused a ruckus? Twelve apostles. One of them's a devil. That's Judas. James and John, son of boring, you know, sons of thunder, exclusive in their preaching, wanted to rain fire down on others. Others now they're wanting to be a chief. They want to be uh, above everybody else causing a riff among the, the early apostles. But Jesus said unto them, uh, but Jesus called them to Him and said unto them, Ye know that they which are accounted to rule over Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority over upon them. But so shall it not be among you, but whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister, and whomsoever of you will be the chiefest shall be the servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. But if that wasn't enough, James and John didn't just do this by themselves. Look at Matthew chapter 20. Verse 20. Matthew twenty twenty. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? She saith unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit the one on the right hand and the other on the left in thy kingdom. See, James and John didn't just do this by themselves. They got mommy in on it. They got mommy in on it. And it caused much consternation there among the, the other ten as we saw. This is, this is how John was somewhat before the Lord worked upon him and knocked off a few rough edges. John was an uneducated man. We know that uh, in Acts, when Peter and John were taken, it said that they were ignorant and unlearned men. That is, they were not schooled. It didn't mean that they didn't know anything. We know they knew the Scriptures. They knew about Elijah calling fire down from heaven. But And we know that John wrote not only the Gospel, but his epistles, 
by the inspiration of God. But when we study what John wrote, it's somewhat intellectual and philosophical. I mean, you talk about statements that are being profound. John said some of the most profound statements that could ever be made. Look at the Gospel of John, for example. First, John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. That's profound. Here's God. Only one God. But here's something called the Word. The second person of the Trinity. He's with God. That's two different people, isn't it? If I'm with somebody, I'm not somebody, am I? I'm with somebody. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. But then, wonder of wonders, the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Now, like I said, those are profound statements. The Greeks never came up with anything like that. The Romans never did. The Egyptians didn't. The Babylonians didn't. The Medes and the Persians didn't. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything that was made. In Him was life. Scientists are still trying to figure out where life comes from. They're sending, they're spending billions and billions and billions of dollars searching the space trying to figure out where life originates. Life is in Christ. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. Drop down to verse 14. And the Word that was in the beginning with God, the Word that was God, was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld the glory of the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I tell you, you could study a lifetime on those verses alone. Those are profound statements. Yes, John wrote by inspiration, but John wrote and John's writing in, uh, uh, shows forth his 
geniuses. His mentality. You can study the Greek writing of John, the Greek writing of Rome of, of Paul, the Greek writings of, of of Peter and his epistles, and each one of them have their own style. You can tell the difference the way they write. You know, sometimes you you're familiar with somebody, and they write a letter to you, and if you didn't even know who it was, if they didn't tell you who it was that wrote the letter, you could just read it and say, well, that's so-and-so, that's the way they write. Well, yes, John wrote by inspiration, but when he said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's profound. John was quite intellectual. Look in the first epistle of John that we read this morning. That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son. John said, I'm writing this. I have fellowship with the Father. I have fellowship with the Son. Now I'm writing this that you can have fellowship with us and have fellowship with the Father and the Son too. You can have fellowship with God. That's profound. No Hebrew ever thought about that. No Greek ever thought about that. Look in, look in the fifth chapter of 1 John. Verse 7 and 8. Oh, I know the modern scholars and uh, modern critics, they say this is not part of the original text. Well, they can just go fly a kite for as I'm concerned. Now, I don't want to get off into that. For there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost and these three are one. That's profound. Three and one. 
And there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree in one. Yes, many other examples could be given of the writings of John, but these two that we have given shows how profound John was in his writings. This fisherman, this kinsman of the high priest, this uneducated man, I didn't, we didn't look at that verse, but let me turn and let's read that right quick in the book of Acts. Let me see if I can find it right quickly. I thought it was in chapter 4, but it may be in chapter 5. Uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. So they were uneducated. But that didn't mean they were, they were dumb. These statements that we read of John are profound. Deep, deep thought. Deep philosophical thought. Yes, he wrote by inspiration, but there were things that he knew and that he wrote about. Well, my next point with regard to John is his intimacy with Jesus, but that's going to take longer than we need to give uh, this afternoon, so the Lord willing. We'll come back with this the next time. Let us pray. Father, we thank You for taking this uneducated man, though with brilliant intellect, quick at judgment, exclusive in preaching. And yes, wanting to have preeminence. Just a typical sinner, we might say. And yet, made an apostle 
And when you got through polishing him, used him mightily in your kingdom. This man, this apostle, was only who he was the same way we are by your grace. A real man, not some superhero, not some mythical character, a real man, a real sinner, a real saint by your grace. And we thank you, our God, that you are the same God of John. And we, like John, only are stand in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is in his name we pray. Amen.